0: we've all been hurt we all have scars and through a relationship with jesus christ we can all overcome and we can all be healed welcome to healing scars with pastor burton hey everybody and welcome back so this week we we had to adjust fire a little bit what was going to happen was we were supposed to have our event out in Rio Rancho. Unfortunately, due to the weather, uh, you know, we had winds over 75 miles an hour. We had everything from rain in one area to wet out conditions in the next. Uh, power lines were down, uh, you know. Corresponding power outages, um, light signals were out. Um, it was just, it was a rough, rough day. So we had to, we had to cancel that, you know, uh, for safety. Um, plus, you know, nobody really wants to go out in that kind of weather, and, and, and totally understandable. Okay, so, um, you know, the the word that uh, I had uh, prepared, I've actually taken it and I've stuck it in my back pocket. We're going to save it for when we actually do get to go out there because we are rescheduling and we are going to be out there. Uh, which is good. It's exciting. So, with that said, because I was unprepared, I was really looking forward to going out there, recording that, and that was going to be uh, this week's podcast entry. Um, exciting, there, right? Um, I'm actually having to adjust fire here, and we're actually going to go in a different direction for this week's entry, uh, which is cool um, because I already actually had uh, had something in mind. I was already starting, uh, you know, to, to, you know, because I like to prepare uh, ahead and everything. So we're just uh, a little change. Now a couple weeks ago, you know, we went through, you know, we spent a couple weeks going through the book of Haggai. And as I told you in that study, there's several books in the Bible that are just very, very short. Some of them get skimmed over, some uh, skipped over, uh, but not all of them. And today, uh, we're actually going to be looking at the Book of Philemon. Uh, if you want to go ahead and open to that, go ahead, go for it. Um, now, this is an extremely short book. It's actually shorter than Haggai. Now, it's not the shortest of a you know book in the Bible, but it's it's pretty short. It's it's right up there. Um, you know, uh, depending on what uh, kind of text you're using, uh, it very well may only be one page. It's likely going to be less. Uh, it really just depends on the text that you're using. Now, you know um, Philemon, It was written by Paul uh, during his first imprisonment around sixty A.D. And you know, and it corresponds. It's you know written at the same time as uh, Ephesians and Colossians were being written. And, and there's three big themes that you're going to see as we go through this book together, and those are forgiveness, uh, barriers, and respect. Now. As much as we like to refer to this as a book, um, and as you're going to see very quickly here it's actually a very, very personal letter from paul uh to Philemon all right and, and so how's this going to relate well it's going to relate very easy um, you see there there's thing different things in life that create barriers, and you have to get through those barriers It's just like re remodeling uh, a building. Uh, You know, sometimes you need to take a sledgehammer and take out a wall. Other times you need to just demolish the whole building and and start from scratch and build it up. Uh, You know, you think of mining. They have to blast certain areas to get through, uh, you know, certain barriers that are in their way and certain rock, you know. And really it's no different for us today Uh, and in life. We build up a lot of our own walls and we see our own fences um, that divide and separate us from others and unfortunately, sometimes from God. Uh, you know, things aren't uh, made out of uh, wood and brick and mortar. You know, they're personal constructions that block, you know, block, block us from others, um, you know, from each other. Uh, but, you know, you see, Jesus, Jesus is the, the great wrecking ball, if you will. Jesus is the one, he tears down those walls and allows us to come together and unite As a family, as we should be, you know, it's just like that old song signs. Um, You know, it says, "Signs, signs everywhere, signs, Um, messing up the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, do, you know, don't do that. Can't you read the sign?" And you know, the song is talking about the exact same thing, and that we are here, Uh, all about those barriers and the things that we put up that keep others away, Um, and not even, not even just from each other. you know, but often, you know, you know, keep others in, you know, from, you know, uh, separation, uh, you know, from God and, and so on. So we're going to dive in here now, and we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to pick up here in, um, you know, I'd say chapter one, but it's just, you know, one chapter, it's one quick read. Um, so we're going to dive in here at verse one, and uh, we're, we're going to go through here uh, a little bit. So uh, just the first couple verses to start. So Paul Uh, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Acropas, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, as I said, you know, Paul wrote this, uh, he was, you know, it was around uh, AD 60, uh, he was in prison in Rome, um, you know, it was really more of a house arrest, but still, I mean, house arrest at that time versus being, it, it, there's not a whole lot of difference it's imprisonment, it's imprisonment, and, you know, you can read more about that in Acts uh, chapter 28, um, if you look at verses 30 through 31, all right? Um, now Philemon was a Greek landowner living in Colossa, and he converted, to, um, you know, to following Christ under Paul and his ministry. And at that time, his home is what was being used for the Colossian church uh, to meet up. So it actually tells you a little bit about um, you know his status uh, as well. Um, you know, like I said he's was, he's was a wealthy man, and. As we're going to see here, w- Onesimus was a slave who belonged to Philemon and had run away um, and made his way to Rome where he met Paul, uh, you know, who apparently had, you know, led him to uh, to Christ. And, and we'll see a little bit more about that a little bit later on here. Okay, so that that's just kind of laying that, that groundwork. Now, um, when we're looking through here at like verse 2 and... You know, we're, we're seeing other people named, you know, um, um, Atvia, uh, may have been Philemon's wife. Acripus may have been uh, Philemon's son or perhaps an elder in the church. Um, you know, either way, uh, Paul included him um, as uh, a recipient in the letter, um, possibly so that Acripus could, you know, read the letter and, you know, they could encourage uh, Philemon uh, to take Paul's advice. You know, Paul, Paul also mentions uh, that t- uh, Timothy was also sending the letter, um, perhaps so that, uh, you know, he would know that Paul wasn't alone uh, in making the request that we're going to see laid out here. You know, um, going back here to, you know, the church that meets in your home there at the end of uh, verse 2, you know, uh, Often in those days, churches met in people's homes. You know, even today, uh, some of the, the best churches still meet in people's homes. You know, as it should be. You know, you get that little bit of fellowship. It's a little bit. You know, it's a different intimacy um, there. Um, but especially in those days, because of uh, the the sporadic uh, persecution. Um, that was there, and the great expense uh, involved with, uh, you know, especially church building. You know, church buildings typically weren't even constructed back then. Um, you know, but we even see that today. The the expenses are can go through the roof very rapidly. It's actually where a lot of a lot of uh, churches and other places uh, run into trouble. So, um, picking back up here in verse four, um, I always thank my God. As I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. <coughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of pause right there. So that was uh, verses um, four through seven, um, obviously. Now, you know, Paul's prayer for Philemon here it was setting the stage for the request that he's about to make. Uh, Philemon was active in his faith. He was generous and 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 you know shared. Um, you know he he gained. Um, you know, he he gained a, a better understanding of everything that Christ had done, you know, in His life, and and, and that knowledge would likely have caused him to respond appropriately to Paul's request regarding Onesimus. You know, so you know, you need to ask yourself, you know, how, uh, are you active and effective, um, you know, effectively sharing your faith and your blessings, you know, and your love with others. You know, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we're called to do is to share our blessings. And everything, you know, uh, you know, you've, we've all experienced generosity, you know, for, of the Holy Spirit in our life. And, you know, that part of that is what gives us our testimony itself, you know. So, the good things that you've experienced, you know, what how are you returning those to, those things to others? How are you sharing it? How are you putting uh, your faith itself into action um, through uh, your words, your actions, your resources, and your time? You know, um, another thing I like to point out here, you know, is... It, it, it's talking. When you're reading here, you know it's a, it talks about um, encouragement and being refreshed. You know, refreshment. What what is that? You think about it. You know, what's what's refreshing? A uh, great example. You know, uh, you go to the gym. You're getting hot. You know, you get that little bit of water. You know, or even even if you're not in the gym, you know, you're exercising. Um, you go, you're going for a hike in the in the mountains or something, or you know, it's like here here in Albuquerque, here in the Sandias, um, you know, you're starting to warm up, and you happen to have that you know nice canteen that has that nice cold water, you know, one of those fancy ones that keeps things cold up to 12 hours or whatever. You you crack that thing open and you just chug it down, and, you know, maybe pour some over your head. And it's like oh, that's nice, you know, or you know, a nice hot day in the summer and you go swimming. Uh, somewhere and you hit that water and it's just like, Oh, that's nice um, you know that's the, the those that, that's a good example of what of refreshing and you know um what what Paul's talking about here is how refreshing it was to you know. Be around Philemon and see how he is able to restore his, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ and other faith, you know, and, and see his love and his generosity and how uh, that in itself had uh, replenished him and, you know, encouraged him and motivated him. You know, it's a form of empowerment, uh, if, if you would, um, as well for those, all those around them. You know, uh, Philemon has also encouraged uh, Paul by his uh, love and loyalty, you know, so... Uh, you know, how, how, how are you doing? You know, are are you refreshing to others? Um, you know, when the things that you say you do and the way you act, you know, are you a burden, you know, kind of bringing people down, you know, with a, you know, a lot of negative nacing, a lot of complaining, you know, gossip, um, you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, you think about it, we go to work and we all know those people and all's they, you know, all they do all day long is they just, they get a free chance and they're complaining about something. Oh, you know, it's like. You know, I can't believe I'm still here. You know why? Why can't we leave? All oh, complaining about the pay. Oh, and this person and that person, and you know, or or these circumstances, and just you know, they 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 have to complain about everything, or they're gossiping. You know, we we see a lot of that today. Heck, TV shows are made out of it. You know, um. So uh, continuing on, we're going to pick back up here in verse eight, all right? And this is where we're going to start lo- seeing uh, the the appeal. Uh, coming from Paul, all right? So in verse 8, the Bible says, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. That I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful to both you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent. So, that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for ever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave. As a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do not wish, brother, that I may have some benefit. I'm sorry. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. There's a lot there. So we're going to unpack it here. So, (coughs) excuse me, a little bit of a cough here. All right, so... Because Paul was an elder and an apostle, um, as we're seeing here in verses 8 and 9, uh, he very well um, could have used the authority that he had. You know, he, he had authority um, just by the virtue of being an elder and then also by being an apostle. You know, so he, he could have used that. And he could have commanded um, you know, Philemon to be kind and to be gentle in dealing with, with this runaway slave. However, Paul based his request not on his authority uh, but rather he based it on Philemon's Christian commitment, you know because we all we all make a certain commitment you know a, as followers of Christ. a big part of that is to love and to forgive all right, so Paul wanted his heartfelt, ungrudging obedience. You know, it's just like when we give, we need to, we need to do so with a joyful heart. We need to be willing to do it. We have to want to do it. You know, um, we need to have that choice and, and when faced with, uh, you know, the fact, you know, you know, even the idea of confronting someone about a specific issue, you know, you, you need to, you need to look at, you know, should, do you need to use your authority, you know, your command, you know, and bark orders at people. You know, or should you be looking at their commitment and where they're coming from and how they're looking at things? You know, um, what what do good leaders do? You know, do they, do they lead from the front or the, or from a uh, you know the back of the pack? So you know, like Paul, uh, we need to assume that anybody that we're dealing with um, when we're when we're having to confront them and there's issues, we need to assume that they have good intentions. You know, not. Not any kind of ill will in the heart, you know, but good intentions, you know. And you think of it from the perspective, you know, hey, you know, um, uh, I I, I like what you're thinking, but uh, no, that was a bad choice, you know. uh, uh, Good motivation, but uh, you know, or or good initiative, but poor judgment. Is you know, really kind of the perspective that we have to have to look at it from. Not not, uh, not slandering a person or degrading them and putting them down. You know, and Paul, he provides a good example here, you know, of how to deal uh, with conflict, not only between Christians, but between everybody. You know, but, you know, especially as Christians, because sometimes we need to step back and remind each other, you know, hey, you know, that's, you're not looking at that and what to deal for, you know, you're not dealing with that very Christianly. You know, um, so... You know, when when reconciling uh you know a difference, a uh, you know a separation or dealing with a disputes, you know, trust has to be rebuilt uh between the parties. And and what you'll see what you see, we see here is Paul took uh several steps really um at at dealing with this conflict. So um you know, he, he actually, he took five specific here that I'm going to point out here. So one, in, in trying to rebuild that trust. So the first thing he did is he identified with the people who were involved in this specific issue. Um, you know, first he called Philemon brother. We see that in verse seven. And then, um, you know, one is, uh, one is uh, my son. We see that in uh, verse 10. Um, secondly, He requested, he didn't order uh, Philemon to do what was right. He just requested that he do what was right. He didn't bark at him. He didn't command or, you know, like, hey, you will do this. Kneel before Zod, you know, or any of that craziness, Uh, you know. uh, He was gentle. He was very gentle. So third, you know, he, he looked for Philemon's voluntary consent not his submission you know to authority or to rules or policies or anything like that uh you know he he was he was encouraging him to you know do this voluntarily you know to to you know give give of himself freely and just be like you know what okay you know and let those walls down to you know breach that bar- barrier you know um fourth you know he appealed to Christian love again, not to power, not to authority, but to love. You know, again, you know, we're we're called to love our neighbor. You know, um, Jesus, you know, when he was asked, you know, what's what's the greatest commandment, and you know, uh, he said, you know, love love God with uh, you know your your heart, your mind, and then you know, in the second the second of these is to love your neighbor. So you know, very very important there that we never ever forget that, you know, and fifth. You know, he, he agreed to pay, um, you know, whatever restoration was needed. You know, he didn't look to use power or position again, uh, instead, uh, you know, in trying to rebuild this, he's like, you know what, you are wronged. This may have cost you something. Um, let me deal with that. I'll take care of it for you. You know, you, you tell me what you need and it's yours. And, and, you know, he even he went so far as to point out that he was writing that letter by hand, you know, so there was no question, you know, did this come from somebody else, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you know, you're in court. It's like, is that your writing? Well, yes, it is. You know, um, we all have very distinctive uh, handwriting styles and penmanship. So especially in those days, because everything was handwritten um, when it was sent out. So, you know, uh, Paul, Paul's approach to, you know, He was looking to rebuild that trust and to rebuild that relationship. And, uh, you know, uh, something I'd like to point out here is when when you're looking at this, uh, you know, uh, back then, a master had the legal right to kill a slave if they ran away. So once Miss was rightfully fearing for his life you know he, he didn't know he just knew that the what the what the customs and what the culture was at that time uh, when he ran away because he hadn't been saved yet he you know it wasn't until he ran into Paul after the fact you know so he, he was terrified so when Paul wrote this letter it was to help him understand it. there's a new relationship involved here with Onesimus. you know he's he's now you know he's, he's not just property he's not a pos- a a um, any longer, rather, you know, he's a brother in Christ. Uh, you, you know, he even goes so far as to say, um, you know, when when we're looking at verse 10, who became my son, identifying, you know, that he'd become a Christian. And, you know, and not only that, when it says, you know, my son, you know, he was referring to the fact, you know, that, you know, that he found his conversion to Christ under Paul. You know, so fr- from his prison, Paul had led him uh, to the Lord and he urged Philemon to do really, especially at that time, something that was just utterly unimaginable. You know, he's telling him, not don't just forgive this runaway slave, you know, um, but recognize that he's become a Christian and move, you know, you need to move beyond just forgiving him. And accept him as such. You need to accept him as a brother in Christ. You know, as Christians, w- you know, we should forgive just as we've been forgiven. You know, we, we see that, you know, Matthew 6, verse 12 and Ephesians 4, verses 31 and 32. You know, forgiveness means that we treat um, the people that, you know, that we've forgiven as we'd want to be treated. You know, what's, what's the golden rule? You know, treat others as you want to be treated plain and simple. You know, we want people to forgive us of our transgressions and our sins. You know what? We need to forgive them as well. Okay. So, and, and that's, that's what real forgiveness is. Not asking for necessarily for anything in return. It's just like, you know what? Okay. You messed up. Let's move. Let's, let's, uh let's fix this and let's move forward. All right. You know, if a person, you know, is a, is a is a believer, then you know they need. It's 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 not even a, a, a fact. You know, it's like oh, you need to do this because, um, you know, just for yourself. Uh, yeah, you're you're forgiving people for yourself, but you're also forgiving them for God. You're forgiving them for Jesus. You're following that example, um, and you're sh- extending God's love. You're showing God's light in you. You know, because if you, if you need to forgive somebody, that means they're guilty. Of, you know, something they've done something, and what you're doing is being like, you know what. I love you. You know, period, plain and simple. You know, the, there's people out there, you know, they're holding on to those grudges right now. Think about, you know, is there someone out there you still need to forgive? You know, uh, for a lot of people, there's a lot of grudges out there, very angry, very hateful and dis- you know, discontented um you need to forgive. You know, uh G, you know, when when asked, Jesus said, you know, 70 times 7, you know, basically don't even count it. You know, as many times as somebody says, you know, hey, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Just do it. Just do it. All right. So, you know, even if they're not, uh, someone's not a believer, all the more reason to forgive them and to show them that kindness and that generosity and that mercy. You know, just as Jesus showed it for us, we need to show it for others. You know, remember... You know what? What you do, what you say, what you do, uh, you, you know, you everything that a non you know, a non-believer is ever going to see about God, what a lot of people are going to see about God, they're never going to see in a Bible. They're going to see it in you. So through your inaction or your actions, you can lead someone to the Lord, or you can push them away. And a big part of that's forgiveness. Be like, oh yeah, you know. You know, it's like, yeah, this, this guy is the big Christian, you know, full of love or whatever. But then, you know, he's dropping the hammer on me for this, you know, and pushing people away. And, you know, as Christians, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. We're jumping straight to judgment instead of uh, passing the sentence of, you know what? You're forgiven. I'm not guilty. I'm moving on. Right? So we need to demonstrate. Because Christ's people, oh, I'm sorry, Christ's love extends to all people. Um even though we don't deserve it, none of us, every single one of us, has fallen short. Every single one of us, so we need to extend that love. Now, so, uh, there's there's something here that's there's a play of word play on words here that we see when we go on through the next section when we're looking through uh, verses eleven through fifteen. One's a miss name is a wonderful play on words that Paul uses here because his name translated, it means useful, you know? So he's saying, you know, that ones miss hadn't been of much use previously, you know, or in the past, but now, especially now that, you know, he's a Christian, you know, and a brother in Christ, that he's going to be extremely useful. You know, and and so much so that even though Paul wanted to 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 keep him from sell, you know, keep him keep him there with him because he could use him and you know use his assistance and his help, instead, you know, he was sending him back and accepting Philemon to accept him and forgive him as, as that brother. So it's a very interesting play on words here. Now, another thing I'd like to point out is slavery in those days uh, was rampant. It was rampant. It was so widespread, um, you know, going throughout the entire Roman Empire. And, and in those early days, you know, Christians, they didn't have the the clout. They didn't have that political power to affect any kind of change, um, you know, um, let alone do anything about the slavery system. Now, Paul, he didn't condemn or condone slavery, um, you know, but he did, you know, work to transform the, you know, the relationships, you know, and and. The, that, that's a beautiful thing about the word, you know the the gospel. It it, it creates social change by changing people. You know, it, st- it starts that change within us, um, the way we look at things, the way we respond to things, and in doing so, um, it spreads out and into the world. You know, it's like you you light that candle. What what happens first? You know, that wick is what catches flame, but then that light goes out and it starts to illuminate the room. All right, so. Um, continuing in through here, we're still looking at verse, you know, verse 16. Um, you know, the, the difference in Lonsimus's, uh status as a Christian, you know, um, it, it changed the relationship that he was about to have with Philemon as well. You know, like I said, he he wasn't property anymore. He was a brother. You know, and you have to think, you know, how were how slaves looked at at that time? They're property, they're cattle. And and you know Paul's reminding him, hey, he's not cattle; he's brother. You know that that meant that both of them are members of the same family, God's family. You know they're equals now, equals in Christ. You know, uh, one thing. Uh, you know some people still get hung up in their status you know, like oh i've been at this longer or you know i've i've got this position within the church or whatever and you know so they they look down their nose at people and that should never happen because as, as being members of god's family we're we're all on the same playing field we're all equals um you know at that point you know and, and that 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 status that christian status as a member of god's family that transcends any other distinctions that may be out there amongst, uh, you know, um, fellow believers. And and today, I mean, that includes, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, what race you are, if you're uh, a natural-born citizen or, you know, a foreigner or refugee, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what your your education level is or if you even have one, uh, you know, whether you're rich or you're poor, um, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. You know, the, those those distinctions, they, they don't separate us in Christ. We're, we're equals, you know? Um, you know. So, again, you know, some Christians, they look down on their, their fellow believers because they feel superior in some way. But, you know, uh, before Christ, we're all equals. And, you know, uh, you, you can refer to that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. You know, um, how we treat. You know, our brothers and sisters, um, you know, our family uh, in Christ, it it reflects our true understanding, you know, of what Jesus has done for us, you know, his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. So, you know, uh, that's that's definitely something to reflect on, to meditate on. Um, You know, as we we continue on here, and we're going into, uh, you know, verses uh, 17 through 19 now, you know. Paul genuinely loved Onesimus, and, and he showed that love by personally guaranteeing payment, you know, for you know any property or damage or wrongs that you know he may have been responsible for. So he he basically he invested heavily in the life of this new believer, um, which you know certainly empowered Onesimus in itself, you know. Um, we, we need to, we need to remember that. I mean, you think of it, do we just loan money to anybody? Uh, no, you know, some stranger comes up to you on the street and says, you know, hey, can I borrow five bucks? Are you going to give it to him? No, probably not. You know, but Paul, I mean, that's how much he loves. He's he's like, hey, brother in Christ, yeah, okay, you know, here it is. Right up. No questions. Here it is. There you go. You know, no, no, no expectation for, for anything else. Just, okay, you need it. Here you go. You know, and and in the church you know as a church family you know we we have a lot of young believers and we need to to be able to demonstrate that you know self sacrifice um to them you know just as Jesus did for us um and did for the disciples by his own demonstration his own example you know we need to happily Invest in the lives of peop- of, of uh, people, you know, especially that are new in their walk, you know, um, through uh, Bible study, through prayer, through encouragement and support and friendship. You know, we need to extend that love. You know, so often people come in, and they're brand new, they don't know what to expect. And they're like, yeah, hey, blah, 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 here's this, welcome, welcome, welcome to the family. And then that's it. You know, you look at a lot of churches, um, especially big churches. You know, people they go in the door and you know you're greeted at the door. Hi, welcome, good morning, and you know or good evening depending on the time of day. And, you know, and they go in. It's like okay, a couple little niceties, maybe shake hands, a couple smiles, and then they sit down. They listen to whatever the message is that's being shared by the pastor. Um, on the way out the door, they might shake a few other hands, but then that's it. They're gone. There, there's no real fellowship there, and that itself, you know, it's like we're telling. Young people, you know, people who are new in their walks, like, hey, welcome. But then we don't spend any time with them, you know. um That's how we lose them. It, it, and we lose them quickly, you know. Or, you know, uh unfortunately you have churches, you know, somebody new comes in the door and they're like, oh, they they look kind of young. Let's get one of our, our kind of younger people to go over there and, and, you know, and hit them up. And that's not really what's needed at all. You know, I, I saw this in a in a church that I used to serve at. Uh, this guy comes in, uh, you know, uh, mid upper twenties, uh, has his wife and his kids in tow, and everything. And right away, you know, uh, the the senior pastor he leans over and is like, "Hey, you know, hey, go and greet that guy to you know, he's about your age to one of the other guys. Um, no idea who this person is or the background. You know, really, what should have happened? He should have gone over himself. Introduced himself, learned a little bit about him, and if he had done that, he'd learn very quickly that this was a you know um, active duty um, Marine uh, and his family who were new to the town uh, and everything, and be like, you know what, hey, um, I got someone I want you to meet, and gr- you know grabbed uh, you know another person from the military community, you know uh, to welcome him in because sometimes you know you need to kind of match things up and see who who matches with who. To, to get them the information. Instead, they sent over this person that had absolutely no connection, no idea, you know, how to talk to this guy. And what happened? They, he, he came with his family for a couple of weeks and was never seen again. You know, a, a fellow veteran probably could have gone over and be like, hey, welcome, and talked to him a bit. And things might have been different because obviously he was interested, you know. Um, so, you know, continuing on, um, you know, Paul... He called Philemon his partner. You see that in verse seventeen, you know. But he didn't mean it in a business sense. of The word, not like you know, hey, you know, shake hands. Oh, that's a it's quite the grip you have there. You know, any of that any of that kind of stuff. No, it's, it's a partner in, in in grace and mercy. It's a partner in Christ. You know, um, F- Paul and Philemon they shared the same experience in Jesus being uh, uh, saved. You know, or being saved by Jesus, I should say. You know, in that sense, you know, just like you and I, you know, we're we're all equals. It goes back to being equals, like I was just talking about. You know, and too often, uh, you know, our relationships in the church, they they don't possess, you know, or show any true partnership, but really just tolerance. You know, it goes back to that, you know, those little niceties, that little meet and greet and then goodbye, you know. Um, we we need to move beyond that, asking God to to help us you know, truly care about uh, other believers the same way he does and treat them, you know, as partners in, uh, you know, his, his love and his mercy, you know, not like uh, someone you just have to, to deal with at work, you know, we all have a, have some common ground, obviously, you know, that's, that's Christ. And if nothing else, let's, you know, pray and, and have God help us in using that to, to form a relationship. Now, looking at verse 19, Philemon owed himself to Paul. Um, again, you know, um, the the reference here, the meaning behind that is just the fact that Paul had led Philemon um, to Christ uh, to help him uh, to, uh, you know, form that relationship with him. You know, so Paul was basically, you know, Philemon's spiritual father um, in that respect. You know, he he's hoping to you know, basically appeal to a debt of gratitude that Philemon might have. And, you know, in doing so would repay by accepting Onesimus uh, w with uh, that spirit of forgiveness and that same, you know, spirit of, of love, you know, that he was shown, you know. Um, so going through here uh, to that right where we left off there in verse 22, um, you know, Paul was released from prison very soon. Um, you know, not that long after writing this letter, but the Bible doesn't say whether or not he ever even returned to Colossa, you know, and that's the kind of what he's talking about is, you know, prepare a guest room for me because, you know, he, he, he he knew he he's going to be released fairly soon. Um, so let's like, let's take a look here at these last couple of verses, you know, uh, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends you greetings. And so do Mark Astericus, um, uh, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So, uh, Epaphras was really well known um, in, in uh, Colossa because, as you know, we can read about in uh, Colossians chapter one. Um, you know, he had founded the church there. Um, so, you know, you figure, I mean, a bit of a hometown hero, if you would, um, because he, he was there to help hold it together Um and, and and you know keep things uh, running smoothly, uh, well as smooth as possible, um, despite the the ongoing persecution and the struggles with false doctrines and all sorts of other issues that were going on at the time, you know. And, and his report to Paul about the problems there in Colossae had prompted Paul uh, to write his letter to the Colossians as well. So you know, Epaphras's, uh greetings, and uh, you know, to the Colossian Christians it reveals his love for them as well. So, you know, again, it's an ongoing theme here of love. You know, and uh, we read a little bit more here in uh, Colossians chapter 4, especially if you look at verses 12 through 13. You know, uh, he may have been, uh, very well may have been in prison uh, with Paul for for preaching the gospel. You know, it's not too specific here. You know, um, Mark, uh, Astarchus, Demas, and Luke are also mentioned in Colossians uh, chapter 4. Um, As well, uh, in verses 10 through 14, um, you know, Mark had accompanied Paul and Barnabas uh, on their their first mission, um, if you would, or their missionary journey. Um, You know, Acts 12, uh, verses 25 through 13, verse 5. Um, And and also, uh, you know, of course, we know Mark as the author of the Gospel of Mark, you know, one of the four Gospels there. Um, Luke had accompanied Paul on his third mission, or you know his third missionary journey, and of course we know him as as uh, the author of uh, the Gospel of Luke, and also the Book of Acts, which of course you know we've referenced here a few times uh, today. Uh, now Demas he was faithful to Paul uh, for a little while, um, but ultimately he ended up uh, deserting him. You know, and see, uh, you can see a little bit more on that. Uh, you look at Second Timothy chapter four. Now, Paul urged Philemon to be reconciled, you know, uh, and to receive one's miss, you know, as a brother and a fellow family member now, you know, just like us, you know, adopted into the family of God, you know, reconciliation, it it means to reestablish that relationship, you know, the work's already here to reestablish the trust, now it's reestablishing the relationship, and really, you know, um, you know, now being a a fellow, you know, brother, uh, you know, in Christ, it's, it's really a new relationship because, you know, of course, you know, we, you know, the old us dies, you know, when when we, we come into uh, that relationship with Jesus. Now, uh, you know, Christ is, you know, he's reconciled all of us to God um, and to each other. You know, uh, there's a lot of barriers out there that come between people. You know, as I mentioned before, you know, race and, you know, sex and finances, social status. You know, social status is huge today. I mean, you don't have to look any further than social media to see that you know um, there's a lot of barriers out there but again you know Christ he's that wrecking ball you know he go, he's he's the one who takes down those barriers he's the chain breaker right you know uh, and and uh, Christ you know he changed once misses relationship to Philemon from slave to brother and he can rech- he can change our worst relationships into deep loving relationships without a doubt without a doubt you know it's just we we have to give ourselves over um to that to allow that change to happen you know uh my 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 father and all you know is very estranged for a long time and fortunately before you know he passed away uh we are able to mend those bridges and you know uh, have a solid relationship but i know plenty of people out there as well you know friends uh, some friends who were adopted and they're able to reconnect with their real parents um you know uh there there's the there's relationships like this all the time all over the place that you can hear about. It's really, really common, you know, as a it's just you have to get out of our own heads and away from ourselves and, you know, break down those those walls. You know, uh, as as the memes like to say, you know, breach the wall and walk through it like a boss. You know, so, you know, we're 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 not really told why once Miss ran away from Philemon's house in, in the first place. You know, um, eventually, you know, after doing so, he crossed paths with Paul. He was saved. You know, would we like to have more details? Absolutely. But, you know, the fact is he became a follower of Jesus. So that's really what we needed to know. That was the most important part. And his spiritual growth, um, you know, that itself caused Paul to call him a faithful and dear brother, you know, a very loving relationship. So eventually they decided you know, for him to go home. It's the right thing for him to go home. It wasn't just a single person deciding. They decided together. And, and, and the whole point of that is the fact that we can't just run away from things. We can't just run from our past as much as we'd like to. And, and it's because we can't run from God. We can't. We can't run and hope to escape because we won't. See, we we have two choices we have two choices. We can accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we can run towards him. Or we can reject him and be damned to hell. But the choice is ours. And we have to make it. And when you accept Jesus, love is the biggest part of it. Doesn't matter what who, who the person is or what they've done. We need to love we need to forgive. We need to pray. All right, guys. That's all I got for this week. And uh, I'll be talking to you again soon. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. Or you can visit our website at Be The Light Sanctuary. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. God bless.